we are in a series called Parentology, Parentology. And I want to talk to you today from this thought, raising wise children, raising wise children. I want to begin by making a confession today. Here's my confession. When I was growing up, I wasn't very wise. I made a lot of foolish decisions. I've shared some stories with you in the past, but I, I really want to kind of just share with you some of my foolishness I did when I was growing up. I remember one time we, we were washing the dishes. I was required to wash the dishes after meals. Me, my brother, and sister, we, kind, we rotated. And so, uh, you know, today people have dishwashers. Back when I was growing up, we were the dishwashers. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So, so I was the dishwasher, and so it was my turn. I had an older brother, a younger sister, and it was my turn to do the dishes after dinner. And I was tired. I didn't want to wash those dishes. I was tired. I didn't feel like washing the dishes. And, and so I had just told myself, you know what, mom will never know. When she gets up in the morning, she's going to just make some oatmeal on top of the stove. She'll, have no, she'll never have any clue. And I, I decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the dishes inside the oven put the pots inside the oven, and I will wash them when I get home from school the next day. I'm tired tonight. So I did that. And the next morning, about 6 o'clock in the morning, my mama woke me up with a rude awakening. How many know what I'm talking about? Thinking, Mama, you're not supposed to be checking the oven? What are you doing? And it was a foolish decision. My, my sophomore year in high school, I was invited to go to the prom by a senior in high school. And how many know when a senior asks a sophomore, that's big time stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm a sophomore going to the prom with a senior. And here I am going to the prom and, and my parents give me a curfew, like 12 o'clock or something, midnight. And I'm thinking, well, she gets to stay out all night. Some of my other friends, they, they get to stay out all night and I got a curfew? Something's wrong with you all. And so I was frustrated that I had a curfew. And so I, when prom happened, I went to prom that night. I got home by curfew time. And I decided if my friends can stay out all night long, I can stay out too. So I put some pillows in my bed. And I covered up those pillows and made them look like I was in the bed. And I went on and snuck on out the house and hung out. And, you know, and we woke up Oklahoma. It's a little small little community. You could crisscross across the, 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 the little town in no time. And I decided as I was hanging out with my friends, broke curfew, hanging out. I better swing by the house, just check on things. And so one of my buddies drove the car back by the house and he was driving by my house. Every light on the house and the house was on. Every light was on. And I was confident they weren't looking for my mama's wedding ring. But this is not good. Every light is on. You know what I said? Keep going. Drive. Don't stop. Drive. Drive. Don't stop now. Come on. Brothers got to get a game plan together. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so I drove, he drove around and drove around and finally got back to the house, and Daddy was on the front porch. And friends, can I tell you, that was a foolish decision. And I needed to be corrected and disciplined, and my parents did just that. And, and today, I want to talk to you about disciplining our children so they can lead wise, productive, and successful lives. That, that's the goal, that they would lead, be wise, people. And I realize that the subject of discipline can be one of those subjects where questions arise, where debates break out, where confusion reigns. I realize that when somebody talks about discipline, all that is happening. And, and what I want to do today is I simply want to shed some light 
on what the Bible says about discipline. I believe that God's word is the final authority. Not not television, not 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 talk shows, not parenting magazines. I, I believe God's word is the final authority. So so here's what we're going to do today. No, no, no matter if you're a, a pre-parent or perhaps a parent or a grandparent or a step-parent or an uncle and an aunt or or maybe you're a cousin or a big brother or big sister, I, I want us all to take a fresh look at what the Bible says about discipline. And what I want to do today is I want to give you two guiding principles to biblical di- discipline, two guiding principles. So these are overarching principles. I, I could share with you a whole lot about, about discipline, but just I want to boil it down to two guiding overarching principles to biblical discipline. And the first principle is this, realize every child has foolishness in their heart. Every child has foolishness in their heart. And I can see some of you looking at me right now. Hey, pastor, are you calling my precious child foolish? No, I'm not. I would never do that to your face. <laughs> but, but God does. God, God does. Notice what God says in Proverbs 22 and verse 15. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline will remove it far from him from her. You see, every person starts out life being foolish. I wasn't the only one who grew up making foolish decisions. Come on, you made foolish decisions as well. Come on, we, we all did when we were growing up. We, we, the Bible says it like this, we're all born into sin. We're all born sinners. We, we're, foolishness is bound up in our hearts. And, and when we just let our children do whatever they want to do, that, that they, they will just be foolish, foolish decisions. You let your child do whatever they want, they'll, they'll stay up to one in the morning every single night. They'll eat nothing but sugar for every meal of the day. They won't share. Mine, mine, they will Steal at the store. Come on, how many besides me stole some stuff at the store, huh? Come on. Come on, lift them hands up. Don't leave me by myself. Come on, you, you know you stole something. There was a little, little, little grocery, little gibble gas store that was right across the street from the house I grew up in. I, I used to sneak up, go over to that store. I used to steal whatchamacallit candy bars and, and three-cent bubble gum. That's when bubble gum used to cost three cents. I used to steal it and go home. I had foolishness in my heart. And not only sometimes they want to steal everything at the store or they want to buy every toy at the store. Or and when kids, when, when they're young, their foolishness is in the heart. They want, if you let them do what they want to do, they'll watch TV and play video games all day, every day. They'll skip school. They'll, they, they, they won't shower or brush their teeth ever if you let them do what they want to do. They'll be rude to people. And you know what's interesting is when children don't get their way, they'll scream, they'll whine, they'll fuss, they'll kick, they'll cop an attitude with you. Why? Because foolishness is in the heart. And we expect the little children, you know, little children, the little ones, we, we expect them to, you know, throw a fit. They're little. They're, they're, they're learning. You got to teach them. But it's another thing when you're 35 and still foolish. It's another thing when you're 35 and you're acting like a two-year-old or acting like a teenager. And Proverbs teaches us that one of the ways to drive foolishness from the heart of children is with the rod. 
Yes, the Bible endorses spanking as one of the ways to discipline children. Now, now there are other ways to discipline children depending on their personality, depending on their age, depending on, on what they've done. There are multiple ways that we can discipline children, but, but the Bible does say that spanking is, is, is one of the biblical methods of, of discipline. And, and I realize that some of you, as I say that, you, you don't agree with spanking. You're like, Pastor, I do not agree, and that's okay. And I'll just let you take that up with, with God. You know, I don't write the Bible, I just preach it, all right? So you can just talk to the Lord, and Lord, I just disagree with, with you, okay? You take that to the Lord, all right? That's between you and God. What I want to do is teach you what the Scripture says. And you say to yourself, Pastor, do you and Tiffany spank your children? Yes, we do. We believe that God knows what's best for our children. And so we just want to follow what God's Word says. Proverbs 13, verse 24 says, He who spares the rod hates his son. So the Scripture says when we won't discipline our children, that it's, 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 he equates it to hate. You won't discipline your children. You hate your son. You hate your daughter. But he who loves him is careful to discipline him. And, and Tiffany and I, we, we started disciplining our children when they were really little. So we, we started really young, and we had a spatula, and we named the spatula Mr. Rod. You know, the Bible says don't spare the rod, so we just named him. This is Mr. Rod. It was a spatula that we had, and Mr. Rod, and, and if our kids misbehaved, they, they broke the rules, they were defiant, they, would, they were lying, they, 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 they were acting in a way that they knew they should not act, we would get out Mr. Rod. Would you like Mr. Rod to come visit you today? Would you like Mr. Rod to talk to your bottom today? Mr. Rod. And, and so they, 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 they were disciplined at a very early age. And what, I, what I'm grateful for is that we did that because we rarely spank our kids. A year or two ago, I mean, we, we rarely spank our children today. They're 12, 11, 10, and 8. And nowadays, come on, just the look works. You know what I mean? Because we started with them. We started young with our children. And, and here's what I want you to, to really grasp is that discipline helps our children go from self-centeredness to self-discipline. There's a goal behind it. It helps our children go from self-centeredness to, to self-discipline. And we have to teach our children to have self-discipline, to control their emotions and hormones. We have to teach them to put a cap on their anger and on their sexual desires. We, we have to teach our children to respect authority even when they don't agree with it. Just because you don't agree with your school teacher doesn't mean you get to throw a temper tantrum in class. That's, that's not how the world works. You, you have to learn to be self-disciplined, go from self-centeredness to self-discipline. We have to teach our children to understand the value of future reward over immediate gratification. And when you're young, you can be really foolish and you just want instant gratification. Everything now, 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 now. We have to teach our children. We have to teach them to learn to see outside of their own little world. And it's easy for our children just to see their own little world, their own point of view. And we have to help them go from self-centeredness to self-discipline. We have to teach them the value of, of sacrificing to meet the needs of others. You have to serve others, help others. We have to teach our children to be self-starters. There's a problem when you have to still wake up your child to make it on time to their senior English class every day. 
I mean, at some point, you got to learn to be a self-starter. you got to be self-motivated. We have to teach our children, don't quit when things are tough. Just because things are tough, you got to be able to stick with some things. you you got to teach our children to make the wise choice. Disciplining our children helps them go from self-centeredness to self-discipline. Discipline. Discipline. There was a man who was in his front door of his home, and there was a refrigerator, and it was stuck at the front door, and he was trying to move the refrigerator. He was moving and trying to get it moved and grunting, trying to get that refrigerator moved. And there was a man walking on the street and, and saw him trying to move the refrigerator, so, and he wasn't having any luck. So the man decided, I'm going to go help him out. Hey, neighbor, I'm, I'm going to help you get that refrigerator moved. And so he goes, and, and he's pushing on the outside, trying, trying to push that refrigerator, get that refrigerator in the door, and he's pushing, and he's pushing, and he's pushing. Literally 10 minutes goes by, and he's pushing and cannot get that refrigerator inside the door. And he says, listen, man, I'm trying my best. It's just not working. We are not going to get that refrigerator inside your house. And the man on the other side, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get it outside the house. Oh. You know what happens in life is we decide, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to discipline my children. I'm, I want them to like me all the time. I just want to be their friend. And I know, I know what the Bible says, but I just, I'm just going to do it my way. You know what we can, we can find ourselves? We can find ourselves working against God. God is saying, man, I want to help your parent. I want to help you lead your children so they can grow up and be wise children. And we can find ourselves literally pushing and working against God. And what we want to do is get in alignment with God and his word so that we can raise wise children. Number two is this. Let me give you a second guiding principle to biblical discipline. Number two is this. We must discipline in love. We must discipline in love. Notice back in Proverbs 13, verse 24, it says, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves, come on, all locations. This is such a critical word. Everybody say, loves. Yeah, he who loves him is careful to discipline him. And when we discipline our children, love should always be the motivating factor. Love, love, love. Love should always precede discipline. Love should always precede discipline. Love should always precede discipline. And I want to give you three characteristics of loving discipline. Three characteristics of loving discipline. Number one is this. Loving discipline is careful. Loving discipline is careful. Notice I, I read it to you in Proverbs 13, 24. It says, he who loves is careful. They're careful to discipline. We, we have to be careful to be consistent, to be consistent. We must be consistent to explain the rules, explain the guidelines to our children. We must be consistent that they would understand the rules. And we, a lot of parents frustrate their children because they don't explain the rules. And, and then they're upset. They say, you know what? I'm grounding you. You're grounded. You're grounded for three weeks because I told you to take the trash out every Tuesday morning. Didn't I tell you to take the trash out every Tuesday morning? No. Well, you should have known anyways. You're grounded. What? Huh? And, and we don't clearly explain the rules. And we've got to be consistent to explain the rules, to explain the guidelines. And, and then some parents are always changing the rules. 
I mean, the line's always moving. One day it's this, and next month you're just, now you've got a new line, and, and the, the child just doesn't know, I mean, what, which way, what, 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 what's the rule? What's the guidelines? And, and we have to learn to be careful to be consistent with the guidelines and the rules. And, and then there are some parents that, that, that are inconsistent in reinforcing the rules. It doesn't help our children when, when we say this is the rule and you're going to get in trouble if you do this. And then they do it, and then they get in trouble, and then the next five times they do the same thing, and then they, they don't get in trouble. So they start thinking, well, it must be okay to do it. And then all of a sudden, by the seventh time, you say, I told you not to do that. And then, they, then you let them get, get away with it for another 13 times. And the 14th time, you want to discipline them. And the ch- children just go, what are the rules? What are the guidelines? And it's learning to be consistent and careful with the rules and guidelines and I'll be honest, I'll be transparent with you. It's not easy to be consistent. Parenting is a lot of work. And some of you right now that don't have children, you're like, oh, yeah, you wait till I have children. I'm going to lay down the law. They're going to know the rules and they're going to follow them. Well, just wait till you have some children. God bless your heart. <laughs> children are a lot of work. Come on, all you parents know. He hit me. He hit me. He hit me. She touched me. She touched me. I had it first. I had it first. Come on, even teenagers. I had it first. She looked at me. What? She looked at me. How? Oh, she looked at me. She looked at me. He looked at me. What? <laughs> he bit me. He bit me. Where are the bite marks? I don't know, but he bit me. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy to be consistent. We have to be careful to provide the right amount of discipline. Careful to provide the right amount of discipline. Listen, one of my favorite hobbies, one of my hobbies is food. I love to eat. I mean, I like to eat. I love food, all types of food. Love, love, love to eat. I plan my days around food. I plan vacations around food. I'll ask Tiffany sometimes, what are we having for dinner? Just so I can plan the evening because food, I'm thinking about, I love food. And, and you know, good cookbooks, you know what they do? Good cookbooks have, they have the, the ingredients in them. And then they tell you the proper measurement for each ingredient. And, and you know, you, you want to cook a good meal, you just follow the cookbook. It says, you know, need this ingredient and this much, this, this amount of the ingredient goes in. And you just follow it. And how many know, though, the best cooks they don't even need the cookbook. You know what I mean? They just know exactly the ingredients, and they know how much to put in without even measuring it. They just, ah, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, two scoops of that. You know, they just know the right ingredient and the right measurements. And, and can I tell you what God has done? God has given us a cookbook for our children. It's called the Bible. And God actually gives us the ingredients that are needed to raise wise children. But you know what God doesn't give us? He doesn't give us the measurements. He doesn't tell us how much, how little. He just tells us the right ingredients. And we have to be careful as parents that we are using the right measures of discipline for our children. Too much discipline is harsh. Too little discipline is ineffective. And the scripture says if we love our children, we will be careful to discipline them. We'll be careful with the measurements that we use. Number two is this, a 
a second way that we love our children in discipline is love does not discipline in anger. It does not discipline in anger. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26 says, in your anger do not sin. Let's just say it right up front. We all get angry. I get angry. You get angry. We get angry at, with our children. They, they can make us angry. And the Bible says, hey, getting angry is a natural human emotion, but we have to be sure that when we're angry, we do not sin. And you know, pastor, what does anger look like when we sin in anger? Well, Anger is when we're mean and out of control with our children. How many of you grew up in a home like I did where they threw stuff at you? Anybody know what I'm talking about, huh? A brush of fly. Hey, they throw a brush at me, you know? Get mad at me, throwing stuff at me. And that's, some of you do that. Some of you just, oh, yeah, I'm disciplining my children. <laughs> no, you're out of control is what you are. That's out of control. You see, love is under control. We don't allow our anger to get out of control. Our love, we, we, we calm ourselves, and we're under control when we discipline our children. Anger disciplines without a conversation. Love disciplines with a conversation. One of the things that frustrated me so much when I was growing up, especially my teenage years, is when my parents would say this, because I said so. That was a famous line around my house. Because I said so. And, I, and you know, I, I'll be honest, when I was growing up, I thought I knew more than I really really did know, but, but I just wanted a conversation. Like, can you just explain it to me? Can you talk? No, because I said so. Oh, no conversation, no communication. And friends, understand this. Angry discipline is rule-driven. It's rule-driven. Loving discipline is relationship-driven. It's relationship-driven. You see, rules without relationship builds resentment. Rules with relationship builds respect. And so we've got to learn to conversate with our children. When they've messed up, we sit down and we explain to them what they've done. We explain why we, we discipline. We sit down afterwards and talk to them. Comfort them if needed. Talk to them. We, we, we tell them, hey, here's how you can do better. Here's how you can improve. Here's the instructions that you need to follow. It's, it's out of relationship because rules without relationship builds resentment. Rules with relationship builds respect. You see, angry discipline is something you do to your children. Loving discipline is something you do for your children. And there's a difference. And parents, if we're not careful, we find ourselves disciplining and doing it to our children. And you know that you're doing it to your children when you go around standing something like this. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Just wait till we get home. You're going to get it when we get home. Come get it. Wait, wait, till, wait, just wait till we get home. That is not for your children. That is for you. Because discipline is not something you do to your children. It is something you do for your children. And whenever we discipline in anger, it creates angry children. I'm going to say that again. Whenever we discipline in anger, it creates angry children. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Did you realize that we can actually provoke our children to be angry and have resentment in their heart? He says, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And Paul is talking about parents who are authoritarian. They're controlling. They're rude. They're mean. They're hateful with their children. They discipline in anger. And I love my parents and appreciate all that they 
did and have done for me. I'm very grateful for my parents. And, and, and sometimes they would discipline in anger. And my, my parents, they, when they spanked, they, they had a method I call talking spanking. And they would get the belt, and as they spanked, they talked. It was, I told you not to do that, and you better never. Could you actually spank every sentence and not every word, please? Because that's what my parents did. They spanked every word and would be mad. You see, the way my parents conversated with me when I got a spanking, the conversation happened while I was getting a whooping. Do you know what? Don't you understand? You don't ever do that. I'm like, please stop. <laughs> Take a breath. Stop talking, please. They were angry. They were disciplined out of, out of and they would just be fired up, mad at what we did, and with discipline and anger. I remember my sophomore year when I went to the prom and was supposed to be back home at a curfew and snuck out and got back home. Every light was on and drove away and then decided I was going to come back. When I got back to the house, my dad was on the front porch. I got out of the car. My dad, he started in on me and boy, I, I knew I blew it. How many know you're in trouble when your parents start talking to you in questions and they, and they know the answer? How many know you're talking? They start asking questions and they already know the answer. You're in trouble. And my dad, get in this house. I walked in. The belt was hanging on the refrigerator. I'm like, oh, Lord, I've never seen that one before. You know what I'm saying? He wants me to see the belt is on the refrigerator. He's, pre he's been preparing for this. You know what I'm saying? I walk, get in your bedroom now. I walk in the bedroom. My dad grabs that belt. He comes in. He is mad. I've been hanging out, supposed to be home, and he just lay on that bed, boy, and he just started whooping me. I mean, this wasn't no spanking. This was a beating. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. Who else got beatings back in the day? My, I was a beating. You know, now you go to jail for stuff like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, but back in the days, you didn't go to jail. Come on, this principal spanked you back in the day. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I was getting whooped. I mean, my daddy was mad, whooping me on my back and my bottom and my legs. I'm, I'm like, oh, he's talking. I, you know you're supposed to be home in this. I was like, oh, I'm going to die. I really did. I'm, I'm hurting. You know what I'm saying? And so here's what I did. There was, a, there was a table right next to my bed, and it had a computer. Remember the old school computers back in the day with big old monitor, big old, big old base that it set on and the keyboard? I start crawling inching off the bed as he was with me. Oh, daddy. Ah! I reached up. I grabbed that monitor. I said, I will pull it off. I'll pull it off. I'll pull it off. And he finally stopped. That's called angry discipline. And whenever we discipline and anger, it creates children who are angry. Love does not discipline in anger. Number three is this. Love, love loving discipline is purposeful. It's purposeful. Let, let me say this to you again. Loving discipline isn't something we do to our children. It is something we do for our children. We provide loving discipline because it benefits our children. I've already shared with you one of the benefits. One of the benefits is when we provide loving discipline, it drives foolishness out of their heart. Every person is born with foolishness in their heart. Another benefit is discipline helps our children live a righteous and peaceful life. It helps our children live a life of righteousness and peace. Notice this in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11. 
It says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. Isn't that true? No discipline is pleasant at the time. Whether you get grounded, you get spanked, you get your, the car taken away from you, you, whatever it might be, perhaps it's, it's, you don't get to hang out with your friends, you get your cell phone taken from you, whatever it is, it's not pleasant at the time. But painful, the scripture says. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Wow. Loving discipline is on purpose and for a purpose. And the purpose is this. It will produce righteousness and peace in my child's heart. If I provide loving discipline, there will be a harvest that will be reaped in their life. I want you to see another just kind of a purpose for discipline, and that is discipline helps our children become wise. It helps them become wise. Proverbs 29, verse 15, a rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces its mother. And I believe all of us want our children to grow up and to be wise. And here's one of the keys to wisdom. When our children become wise, they understand that responsibility leads to privilege and freedom. That's wisdom. When you understand that responsibility leads to privilege and freedom and not the other way around. And parents can find themselves giving their children too much too soon. And here's what happens. When when you rarely discipline your children and then you give them too much too soon, you're just giving them freedoms and and privileges with no responsibility. You know what happens? It ends up being a disaster for your child. Because it creates children with bad attitudes and children who have disrespect and, and, and rebellious children and lazy children. And what we want to teach our children is that privilege should not be an inherited right. It should be the result of responsible character. Pastor, what do you mean by responsible? Well, let's just talk about responsibility just for a second. Responsible, responsibilities. Let me give you some examples of of things that our children should just be responsible for. And if they're responsible, they handle these right, then it will lead to more privilege. Responsibilities are obey. Obey your parents. Obey, obey authority. Obey your teachers. Obey. No unexcused absences from school. No running away from home. No, do your chores. Do your weekly chores. No foul language. These are your responsibilities. You do these responsibilities, it will lead to more privilege. Regularly attend church and youth ministry. No, no drugs, alcohol, or sex. Get up and get ready for school on time. Have a good attitude. This is your responsibility. It'll lead to more privilege. Have a daily quiet time. Choose your friends wisely with parental discretion. You choose your friends wisely, it leads to more, more, more privilege. Communicate your plans to, 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 to your parents. Be where you say you are. Be home on time. Maintain a good GPA. Do your best. At your part-time job, do your best at your sport that you're in. Do, you, do your best. That, that's your responsibility. And when you accomplish those responsibilities, you, you, you're handling those well, it'll lead to more privilege. Let's talk about privileges for a second because sometimes we give our kids inherited rights when it should be a privilege. It's a privilege to get an allowance. You give your child a dollar a week, whatever it is, it's, that's a privilege. You, you, they, they get to eat candy and sweets, that's a privilege. A driver's license is a privilege. Just because you turn 16 doesn't mean you get a driver's license. That's a privilege. Driving is a privilege. Just because you get a driver's license doesn't mean you're going to drive. It's a privilege. Getting a car is a privilege. So just because you get a driver's license, that's a privilege. Driving is a privilege. And then you getting a car, 
is a privilege. Spending money is a privilege. Having a curfew is a privilege. I don't have to let you go anywhere. Giving you a curfew is a, is a privilege. Hanging out with your friends is a privilege. Going to the movies is a privilege. Having a cell phone is a that's not Listen, that's not an inherited right. All my friends have one. Well, God bless your friends. Having a cell phone is a privilege. And if you handle that right, you'll get an app. That's a privilege. An app is a privilege. Having social media is a privilege. That's not a right. That's a privilege. Watching television is a privilege. Getting to go to the prom is a privilege. Playing your video games is a privilege. And when our children become wise, they understand that responsibility leads to privilege. And we want to help impart wisdom to our children. The last one is this. Discipline helps set up our children for a successful life. It sets our children up for a successful life. Notice Proverbs 23 and verse 13. It says, do not withhold discipline from a child. Listen to me, campuses. Mabel Bassett, listen to me. Right here in Indianapolis. Don't miss this. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Punish them with the rod and save them from death. And not necessarily talking about physical death. When we discipline our children, it saves our children from heartache, from pain, from suffering, from anguish, from foolish decisions, from trouble. Proverbs 19 verse 18 says, discipline your children for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. Tiffany and I, we don't enjoy providing discipline for our children. It's not something we enjoy. I don't enjoy seeing my children cry. I don't enjoy seeing their hearts sad. It's not something I enjoy. But, but you know what I've learned is this as a parent, as the scripture says, discipline your children while there's hope or unless you'll be a willing party to their death. And if I see my children having bad behavior, having attitude problems, lying, cutting corners, not obeying the rules, disrespecting people, and I don't do anything about it. Because, you know, I just want to be their friend. I just want to be liked. You know what I'm doing? I'm being a willing party to their death. I'm saying, you know what? I know that's not going to work out for you. I know that attitude. I know that stealing. I know that lying. I know that selfishness is not going to help your life out. But I'm not going to do anything. And I know when you're 20 and you're 30 and you're 40, there's going to be a lot of foolishness in your life. And you know what I've decided? I really do want to do my best to raise wise children. And that begins when they're little and they're growing up in their elementary years, junior high and high school years, saying, I'm going to provide loving discipline so that you can be wise and live a successful, prosperous, godly 